I want to ask you this morning, how many of you feel that you need a holiday? I thought, uh, I can feel it. I can feel that. <laughs> Sonica, why are you talking about holidays? So uh, it's, it's been a hectic term, eh? I don't know what, what happened this term. I don't know, maybe every term for you is hectic, but it's been, I know for many people, quite a busy and a hectic term. But uh, I, don't, I, I don't know if all of you can take a break in the next couple of weeks. I doubt if all of you could. For those of you who can, enjoy the teachers. Eh? I know teachers work very hard. My parents, let me just speak on behalf of teachers here. <laughs> my, both my parents uh, were teachers. And I know all about weekends and evenings and afternoons and, you know, this perception of teachers working half their job. Don't worry, they think pastors work two hours per week, so that's worse. <laughs> that perception's worse. But I, I want you to think about a few ingredients of a good, that make for a good holiday. Anything? Good food? Good weather? Okay. What else? What make for a good holiday? Good company? Good health? You know, we, we, we went to, for those of you who haven't been to Umgazi, River Bungalows and Spa, it's near to uh, near um, Port St. John's. We've been there twice. If you've never been there, you can't live in the Eastern Cape and not visit that place. Okay, people fly from Joburg and Cape Town. They fly to the East London Airport and then drive from the East London Airport. Okay, it's about four hours, I suppose, depending on the umtata traffic. But um, <laughs> it took us six hours the one day back from, from um, Umgazi to East London. But in any case... The, uh, we, we've been there twice, and our last visit was about four years ago, and I had everything going for me, you know, the good holiday, the good company, the good food, the good weather. And then on day two, something hit me, which I still don't know what it was, whether it was food poisoning or a stomach bug, but I felt as if I was going to die. And it was a really expensive and awesome holiday. And say, canon. And say, cas. I don't know what, what English people say, but that was like nutty morn. It, it was nutty morn. So it, it was a huge disappointment. Andre still promised that we're going to redeem this. I'm still waiting for that promise. To <laughs> Please remind him when you see him, you know, that he's got a promise, you know. We still need to redeem that. But um, I want to I wanna propose this morning that there's actually something that we hope to find during a holiday time or a break. That's more important than good food and good weather and good health. And that is rest, like true rest. You know, and um, I don't know how many of you heard my, my sermon in, in August where I spoke about our internal kingdom. That uh, the kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking, but in righteousness and peace and joy. So this morning I really want to just to to focus on the one component of our internal kingdom, the peace component. And I just want to, I, I trust the Lord to, just to inspire you that we don't need to wait for a holiday to find that peace or to find that rest. Because I think often, you know, we, um, if, if we don't have peace, if we don't find this something, we, we, go, we go home burdened and tired, even though we had good food and good weather and good health. You, you can identify with that. If we don't have peace, if we don't have rest, if we feel stressed and burdened and overwhelmed, we can actually have everything going for us during a, a holiday time. But we, we go home tired. So I just want to take you to a scripture in Matthew 11, 
well-known. Most of you would be familiar with that. Matthew 11, that says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So if, if we look at the scripture, what do you think this is communicating to us? You know, it's, it's, it's very simple. It's not, not a trick question. But I just, when, whenever I read the scripture, I realize that true rest is only found in Jesus. And I think our, our biggest problem in, in holiday times or when we're tired, we actually put our trust in a holiday to bring peace and rest. We put our hope and our trust and our faith in a good time or a, um, a time where we were going to go away or take a break. And a holiday simply can't give that to us. It, it, it can be additional to the peace that we find in Jesus, but it, it can't provide that inner peace that we so long for. And I think that's often why we're so disappointed, you know, in, in a holiday time. And if we do not learn to enter the rest of God on a regular basis, even a holiday time can be a disappointment. I mean, I don't know how many of you had bad holidays. I had quite a few, you know, which just not peaceful. And no matter how many fun things you do, you're wrestling inside and it's not fun. And I really trust that this morning I'm going to just show you in a very practical way how we can have a holiday in our hearts. Andre always speaks about a holiday in his heart. And it's so, it's so true because there's just seasons where you can't take a break. And you have to find that peace inside of you. So let's go to, to the scripture again. What do we need to do practically to do that? Matthew 11 verse 28. Let's look at the very first part. It says, come to me, all you are la- labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you a rest. So, so what is the first thing we need to do? We need to come. We need to come to God. So, so I want to take you to a principle, most of us, again, it's very much aware of, but the question is, are we actually doing it? And are we applying that? And that is the Sabbath rest. And it's, it's, it's very interesting. When you look at scriptures about that, I'm going to show you two, two of them now. It's always interesting to me, why do you think God rested on the seventh day? Now, he, he, he's, doing, he's creating everything. He says this is good, and then it says on the seventh day, he rested. Why do you think God rested on day seventh? Was he tired? Okay, no, I don't think so. Psalms 121 says that God, he doesn't slumber, he doesn't sleep. He doesn't need to sleep. He doesn't need a holiday. So why did he rest on day seven? Why do you think he rested on day seven? He was finished. (laughs) I'm sure, Dion, that's, yes. That's the answer I'm looking for. But Dion's answer is also right, okay? Dion's always got interesting answers. Interesting and your Dion is a thinker, all right? For those of you who don't know Dion, I always learn from him. When he answers something, it, it makes me think. Okay, thanks, Jono, for the answer I was looking for. Thanks, Dion, for the one I wasn't looking for, but in any case. God wanted to show us something that he wanted us to follow. He wanted to, to demonstrate something because, remember... God created us. He knows exactly the way we work, the way we, we think. He knows what we need. And if you look at, let's go to Genesis 2 verse 2. On the seventh day, God ended his work, which we had done. 
And he rested on the seventh day from all the work which he had done. Okay, Hebrews 4, verse 9 to 11. Let's look at this one. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. So this scripture, what this means to me is, it's not just going to happen. There's, there's a component of diligence connected to this rest. It's not just going to be sitting on the couch and resting or just automatically sliding into rest. There's a, there's, you actually need to press in. It almost feels like, uh, like two opposites. You know, diligence almost feels like work and rest feels like no work. You agree? Diligence has got this thing. No, but diligence sounds like work. But the thing is, if we truly want to rest, there is a component where we need to press in, where we need to find that rest, where we need to fight for it. And this is why our Sabbath rest is so important. You know, it's so important to let go of our worries and our responsibilities on a regular basis. You know, and before I started working at the church, um, for those of you who don't know, I worked as an auditor for 11 years. I joined Andre about seven and a half years ago. In, in my season before I worked for the church, it was, it was easy to define my Sabbath. Okay? I took, my Sunday was my Sabbath. It was non-negotiable. That was my day with, with God. I, I either served at the church or I spent time with God. or I, I just basically resigned from my responsibilities. Resigned. Okay? I, I let go. I didn't study I, as far as possible. I didn't work. I would dedicate that day to the Lord. It was easy. Now, for me, it's actually quite difficult. It's something I'm wrestling with because I say, Lord, believe it or not, our Sundays are actually quite hectic. Okay? I know you think we work two hours a day, uh, but it's actually quite busy. So is every other day of the week for us. And it's something Andre and I are constantly talking about, you know, how to rest on a on a regular basis, how to find this Sabbath rest. Because, again, this is more than not doing anything. It's not about just sleep or watching a movie. It's, it's more than that. It's actually diligently entering into a place where you're unburdening yourself, where you let go of your responsibilities, where you hand things over to, to the Lord, where you feel overwhelmed, but you shift from that place of feeling overwhelmed to a place of peace. This is the Sabbath rest. So what, what God was trying to demonstrate on the seventh day was not only not working. It was entering into a place where you are not stressed and not worried. You see, we can't do that once a year on our three-week holiday. We can't do this once a term. It must be a weekly thing, and it should actually be a daily thing where we unburden ourselves. Otherwise, we just... We crash and burn, and we burn out, and we, we, we come to a point where we can't continue anymore, and then we need a six-month break, okay? And I, and, I mean, Andre and I often speak about it, you know? We don't... What if Andre comes to us one day and says, he needs a six-month sabbatical? What are we going to do? Okay? He's our leader. He's the one with a vision. He's the one who's walking in front. What... What if he just says he can't do this anymore? 
We don't have that luxury. And therefore, I mean, I just have so much respect for how he's seeking the Lord daily. He's not leaving the house without spending time with God because he knows he's so desperately dependent on peace. Because if he crashes and he burns out and all of you look to him to a certain extent, we should look to God, but there is a component where we look to him as our leader. And there's people who look to you. And I'm not saying we can't ever feel overwhelmed. I often do. I, can't, I don't say we, sh- we can't ever feel that we need a break. However, we need to learn to rest in the Lord on a regular basis. And this is why we need to diligently find a time to, to enter that rest. So if you're working on a Sunday, a Sunday is, is ideal. All right? I would propose a Sunday is your best option to make, to make your Sabbath. But... There's some of you who work on a Sunday. There's some of you uh, who just it practically won't always work for you. Find another day. Find a morning if you can't find a day. Or find two mornings or find two evenings. Just make sure that you enter that rest on a regular basis. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll show you practically how we can unburden ourselves. Then in, in verse 29 it says, Matthew 11 verse 29, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So the first thing we need to do is we need to come to the Lord. We need to come to him. The second thing is we need to learn from him. We need to learn from him. It it says, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your soul. When we learn from God, we find rest for our souls. When we find our own way, when we follow our own way, we won't find rest for our souls. This is just how it is. Jeremiah 6.16 says, Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths where the good way is, and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. How is this for an interesting scripture? I'm going to read it again. Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths where the good way is, and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. You see, it's very interesting to me that the message from the media, the, the, the general world views that we are confronted with as Christians, is that the God of the Bible is old school. Okay? It's really old school. It's not applicable even uh, anymore in, in our day and age. I mean, really, do you believe in the God of the Bible? Do you believe in Genesis? Do you believe in creation? There's just such a propaganda to say that the, the God of the Bible belongs in centuries ago and is really not applicable. It's just practical. It doesn't work anymore. You know, surely to keep yourself sexually pure before marriage is not applicable anymore. You know, surely to, to love your enemies to forgive those who spitefully use you, you're never going to make success in life. You know, if you, if you live like that, surely to, to give to your local church, to give 10% to your local church is madness. I mean, surely this is not what the Bible means. Surely if you, if you are married and you honor your husband as the head of the home, you're going to be a doormat. I mean, who does that? What kind of woman in the rights in the right mind is going to honor her husband 
as the head of the home, there's these voices coming against every truth in the Bible. And I want to remind you about what we've been, been preaching about, the upside-down kingdom. We've been, been talking about the kingdom culture. So things, in, in, you know, the, the wisdom of God is foolishness to those who don't understand it. There's a scripture in Corinthians that says that the, the, the wisdom of God is, is foolishness to those who don't understand it. And if, if we look through the eyes of the world, if we put on glasses and the world view that is not supporting the kingdom that we live in, these things will never make sense. We, will, we won't be able to learn from God, ask for the old ways, and walk in it, because we'll just say, this is crazy. But the problem is, we will never find rest for our souls. You will never. You can go for 50 counseling sessions, but if you are not obedient to God's word, it's not going to benefit you. You won't find rest for your soul. You know, it's, it's amazing how often we all want to be free. We all want to be at peace. We all want to deal with our issues. But when it comes to obedience, we, we don't really, we're not necessarily interested, you know, to walk the walk, to ask for the old ways and to walk in it. But that's the only way. It's the only way that you will find rest for your soul. You see, the, the kingdom of God is the upside-down kingdom. And the only way that you will experience the blessing and the rest is when you actually walk in it. You walk it out. You become a doer of the word. You can listen. You can come to church every Sunday. But the question is, are you applying and are you doing the things that you hear? And I'm speaking to myself as well. Am I a doer of the word? Because ultimately that will lead to peace. That will lead to rest. You can have six months of holiday. But if you are not learning from Jesus, and if you are not applying what you learn from him, there will be an internal war. And I just want to encourage you, you know, we cannot just add Jesus to our lives. It won't bring peace. Okay, I'm fighting for your peace this morning, all right? I'm fighting on behalf of you to, to show you that we all desperately want peace. We want rest. We want a holiday in our hearts. But it won't come unless we become doers of the word. If we just add Jesus to our lives, because surely we don't want to go to hell. We want to make it to heaven. You will pro maybe make it to heaven, but you're not going to have a flourishing earthly existence because there will be this internal war. If we do not learn from God, if we do not obey his words. So let's look at the uh, verse 30, Matthew 11, verse, verse 30. It says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So first of all, we need to come to God. Second, we need to learn from him. And not only learn from him, we need to be doers of the word. Amen. Then it says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What, what is the third thing we need to do? We need to cast our burdens on Jesus. We need to cast it on, on him. I want to read you an interesting scripture in Psalms 55, where, um, Psalm of David, where he says, So I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. How many of you have ever felt like that? I felt like that many times. I just want to fly away. I just want to run away. 
I need space, you know, I need space, I need me time, I want to fly away and be at rest. And this is often why we, how we feel. The only problem is we need to fly back to our family, to our work, to our circumstances. Flying away is not actually the solution. All right? It might make you feel better for a while, but if you need to fly back to whatever is freaking you out, you, it's going to be temporary. It is going to be temporary. I remember in my, in my previous job, when, when I moved from being an article clerk into an assistant manager position, it was a very difficult year for me. I was constantly stressed, overwhelmed. It, I was just dumped into a position that I, I was battling every day. I worked with people that my personality and their personalities were like two opposites. And I went to work with like a knop op my maag almost every day. It was very difficult. And I remember somebody in church at that time suggested, suggested that I take some leave. And I considered it and I realized it's not going to help me. I need to fly back, you know. I need, I'm going to go away and I'm going to come back. And I, I doubt if I'm even going to enjoy my holiday. So I, I considered that and I realized this is not my solution. And I realized my only solution is to find peace in the midst of my challenging environment. Because I was just so out of my comfort zone. I was so challenged. I was so burdened. I didn't know how to handle it. And I had to seriously seek the Lord to find peace in the midst of my work situation. Because a holiday was simply not going to solve it. I'm not against holidays. I am all for holidays. Uh, it is just sometimes we put our faith in that. And we think it's going to solve everything. We're going to come back so free and so light. And then one hour back at work, you know, <laughs> same old, same old, stressed, overwhelmed, burdened. So I had to seek the Lord. I had to learn to unburden myself in the midst of an environment that wasn't really building me up. You know, I didn't have people around me that encouraged me. I had people around me that was just challenging me all the time. So let me show you the, the end of, of Psalm 55, which I find this psalm very interesting because I think David was also just in a position where he needed space and time away. And then in the beginning, he wanted to fly away. Remember verse 6? If I had wings like a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. Now, the end of the psalm, verse 22, he says, Cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. Very interesting psalm for me, because his, his emotions was just running wild, and he just wanted to fly away. And then he, he, he obviously spoke through a few, uh, quite a few things with God. And in, at the end, he came to the conclusion that cause my, my solution is not flying away. My solution is casting my burdens on the Lord. And this is what, what I want to share with you this morning. We need to learn how to cast our burdens on the Lord. So if, you, if you're in the habit of taking notes, this is a good time to take your pen or your phone. I'm going to share with you six ways of actually casting your burdens on the Lord. Maybe it's nothing new. Maybe it's like, oh, really, I know these things. The question is, are you doing it? 
Okay? So for all the skeptics and all the mature, very mature people, the question is not whether you know this or not. We all know a lot. We all know actually too much, I think, sometimes. We're always looking for something new and some, some new revelation, which is awesome. I'm also not saying this is not good. The only question is, <clears throat> God works with us. Or, or let me say, you will, you will always reach a ceiling if you haven't been obedient to the very last thing that God has spoken to you about. In other words, if, if, if you're looking for new revelation, God will always bring you back to, have you forgiven your father? Because this is the last thing I have dealt with you. So if you haven't done that, the, there's an obstacle, you know, you create an obstacle for your own spiritual growth. So I want to challenge you this morning. Let's not be hearers of the word. Let's be doers of the word. It's all about hearing the word and doing the words. All right, you can know five scriptures, but let's apply it. Okay, let's apply the five we know or the ten. Okay, first one. We need to speak to God first. We need to share our concerns with him, but we need to speak to him first. It sounds very obvious, but I want to ask you, how many times when you are burdened, you actually phone a friend? Or you speak to your spouse and you dump all of your frustration, your negativity, your, your feelings of, of your overwhelming feelings, you dump it on another person. And you expect that person to now pray and comfort and help and give advice and just lift you out of your pit of despair. We need to go to God first. We have to. We have to learn to do that. We have to at least get a big component of, uh, of our frustration and our burdens away before we speak to people. Otherwise, you will burden people around you. We need to learn to do that first. We go to God first. 1 Peter 5 or 7. It says, casting, it's an amplified, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately and he cares about you watchfully. You know, the, the capacity that God has for our problems is unlimited. Okay, your spouse has got limited capacity. My husband has got a lot of capacity, but he's got still limited capacity for all my things, you know, compared to God. We need to learn to go to the Lord first. We need to cast the whole of our care on Jesus. This is, this is the first thing. Then, also something we know, but we can never emphasize this enough. We need to learn how to lift up the name of Jesus in worship. All right? We're not, what we do on a Sunday, when, whenever we sing a song, it's not singing. It's not music. Yes, that's a very small part of it. But what we're actually doing is we shift our focus from our problems to a king that is the king of kings, that is the name above every other name. So if you're sitting with a situation and it's overwhelming, when you worship, you, you lift up the name of Jesus above whatever is big in your life. And sometimes it, one song, it's not going to do it. Okay? Because you feel so overwhelmed. One song is not going to do it. You need to do another one. Or you need to do another one. You need to actually, that diligence to enter God's rest, we need a diligence in worship. 
We need a diligence in pressing in until that burden lifts, until we feel lighter, until we feel we can do it. I remember this past weekend when we had our ladies' weekend, I had our, um, we had early morning prayer meetings for the leaders. I hope you have forgiven me for that. <laughs> so now we're driving Sunday morning. We're all finished. Eh? We're really, really tired. Now I arrived there. I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to do this day. And then we had our prayer meeting, and we, we shared a few stories of what God had, has done the previous day, and we worshipped one or two songs. And after that, I was ready. I was really tired before that. After that, I felt energized. I literally felt I have energy. I can do this. So if you've never experienced this in worship, this is something you need to pursue. You need to not only do one song. You need to do more than one, but you need to do it until you feel that something lifts. Okay? Something lifts from your shoulders. You can think clearly again. Worship. Worship. We need to speak to our soul. Sometimes we need to preach at ourselves. Okay? You know what I'm saying? You know, we, it's easy to, to give advice to other people. It's easy to, to believe on behalf of somebody else. Sometimes we need to speak to our souls. We need to say, soul, I know you're very upset, but it's going to be okay. I know that, that you feel so uptight and you shame. They've been so ugly to you. I understand that, but Jesus is greater. You need to speak to yourself. Is this difficult? Yes. Nobody feels like doing that, you know. You just feel like I'm feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> Listen to this one. Um, Psalm 116 verse 7, where, um, where David speaks to himself. He says, Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. It means the Lord has been good to you. So he's speaking to his soul. He says, Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. Sometimes we need to speak Remember, we are body, soul, and spirit. Remember, never forget that. Sometimes we, our spirit, need to rise up and speak to our soul, which is a big component of our soul is emotions. Okay? Also mentally, there's, there's a quite a big, big part of our soul that is actually um, often overwhelming the rest. I mean, if, if I feel emotionally down, I feel physically sick. Okay, I just feel sick, but it's got nothing to do with any physical thing. It's an emotional thing. So our soul wants to take the lead all the time. Our emotions wants to take the lead all the time. And we need to speak to our soul and say, no, soul, return to your rest. Return to your rest. Because God has been good to you. We need to preach. We need to preach to ourselves. Communion. Okay, I know you know these things. But are we doing it? Are we having communion? You know, the power of communion is, I've so many times in my life, write down everything, have communion, and then do something with that paper, you know, burn it, or do something in the bin, and, you know, scratch everything out. Just be, there's so much power in just, instead of sitting passively, feeling sorry for yourself to write down. You know, I, I remember in, um, when I, in my very first year of work, it was also a very difficult year for me. I just failed my board exam in that time. I had to 
really pick up my, my confidence. I was really battling. So I wrote down, I still have that piece of paper because I put it in a journal to remind me of God's goodness. I wrote down 11 things, big things. I was completely overwhelmed. And I said, Lord, I can't, I, I, I can't handle this. These are my 11 things. What are we going to do about this? And, I mean, this is not even on my, on my list this morning, but I felt that God said to me, just fast for three days. And again, our, our faith is not in fasting, but immediately when, when the Holy Spirit said to me, just fast for three days, I felt light. Eleven big, really big things. It was out of my control. I could do nothing about anything of those things. And God said to me, just fast for three days, just seek my face. And the moment he said that to me, I felt light. And, and nothing changed in that moment. But I fasted and I prayed, and one by one, I still wrote down that each and every one of those things, God himself sorted out on my behalf. But I, all I did was I diligently, because fasting is also there's a diligence in entering the rest of God, I just said, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> I was so desperate. And, and God honored my diligence to enter his rest, and he gave me peace. And in the same way, you can just have communion. When we have communion, we remind ourselves of what Jesus did at the cross. We remind ourselves of his resurrection. We, we literally remind ourselves of the power that there is in the death and the resurrection of Jesus. There's power in communion. It's like it's a cracker and a bit of grape juice. But do you know what we do? We, we go back to that moment when Jesus said, all authority has been given to me, and I'm giving this to you. There's something that happens when we draw near to God in communion. The fifth one, forgiveness. You know, often when I am uh, offended or upset with somebody, I feel depressed. I feel burdened. I feel heavy. And the moment I release forgiveness, my burden lifts. So I, could, I can never separate forgiveness from unburdening yourself because you can speak to God for three hours, but if you have unforgiveness, if you are offended and cross with somebody, that burden will probably not lift unless you release forgiveness. You know, it, it, it happened to me just before we had our, our, our friendship set on fire, that seminar we did earlier this term. I was so excited about it. And I've, I've been dreaming about what God's going to do for months. And eventually I got this in the diary, in the church diary. And I convinced my husband that this is important. <laughs> so it's in the church diary. We're excited. We're planning for it. Now it's the week before. And a depression hits me early in that week. And I thought... What's going on with me? I, I don't feel excited about the seminar anymore. I don't want to do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I just feel depressed. And now this lasts for about a day or two. I'm battling to snap out of it. And now on top of my depression, I get offended with my husband. Okay, he knows about it, so don't stress that I speak. <laughs> he, he doesn't know what I was offended about because I still didn't tell him because it was something that he couldn't fix. It was an expectation from my side that I, I wanted him to, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I had a specific expectation that he didn't meet and for me to 
speak to him about it in that week would have burdened him incredibly because he couldn't have changed anything about it. But it was just my expectation. So now I'm offended. Okay. Now I'm depressed and offended. And in three days we must do a marriage seminar. Okay. And I'm, I'm not offended with a random person. I'm offended my husband. And now Andre can see I'm not, not, I'm not myself. Now he says, let's worship. Okay. Let's worship. Okay. Because worship is working normally. Now I sit on the couch. I sit far to this side. He's totally unaware of my offense, shame. He's just praying for me. He's just positive. He just says, this weekend's going to be amazing. He's totally unaware of my offense. <clears throat> and I can't speak to him. I knew that it would be the worst now to dump this on him. Praise God, I didn't. And I just heard the Lord say to me, you must forgive your husband. And I'm like, now, okay, we're worshiping, eh? I was sitting in the corner of the couch. Um, <laughs> I hear, Sonica, you must forgive Andre. And I'm like, God, my depression and my offense has got nothing to do with each other. Forgiving him is not going to solve how I feel. This is what I tell God. Because I thought the, the, the depression started before the offense, so surely forgiving him is now not going to solve, again, okay, my depression. So now I hear again, forgive your husband. And I think, okay, okay, fine. Let me just do this because I, nothing that I did this far helped me to snap out of my depression. So now I just speak forgiveness, okay? So, Lord, I forgive him. He doesn't know about what I'm doing. He's just worshiping God. Now I'm his wife sitting on the couch forgiving him. I speak forgiveness and say, Lord, I forgive him. I, I repent of my expectation. It was a, like an un... Anyway, I can't now go into the detail. But I, I, I forgave him and I lie not. Five minutes later, I was free. I was light. I was... You see, how do you know? How do you know when you're free? I moved from not being excited about the seminar to very excited in five minutes. Okay, what did I do? I said, I forgive my husband. I repent about my attitude and my expectation and I forgive him. Five minutes. I felt like a different person, right? So, yes, I, I don't know how it works. I was depressed before I was offended, but, but forgiveness was my solution for both in the end. And I cannot emphasize enough that if we're not going to live by this principle, you, you can do all of the other things. But if there's unforgiveness, you see, and it can be something small that was something really small, but it almost hijacked my emotions that whole weekend. And I had to deal with that. I had to forgive the lost one. We need to learn to wait upon the Lord. It's so special what Stephen did this morning, just waiting upon the Lord. Something else we did over the weekend with the ladies. Um, apart from early morning prayer meetings, we had early morning devotionals. Okay? I forced the girls to have quiet times. <laughs> and it was so special. So we come together, half past seven we start, and we, we just play music, and we wait upon the Lord. We wait we listen. We say, God, speak to us. We, we can never think that our time with God is only us talking. There must be a time where we wait upon Him. You know that scripture that says that the, those who wait upon the Lord 
will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they will not faint. But what is that waiting? What, what is it? Is it? Is it something passive where we just sit? Or, or what, what is waiting upon the Lord? Once again, I want to bring you back to that scripture that talks about the diligence. We need to diligently enter his rest. In the same way we diligently enter his rest, in the same way we wait diligently. It's not a passive thing where you kind of fall half asleep. Okay? It is something where you actively take your thoughts and you fix it on, on God. And the moment you get distracted, you say, no distraction, out of my way, I'm thinking about God. All right? You can even just use one scripture, just meditate on that. But the idea is to stop talking, to put some music on that always helps, and to listen, to wait upon the Lord. There's many different ways in which we can do that. But it, it really facilitates that unburdening of your soul. Okay, so we need to speak to Jesus first. We need to learn to worship him until the... The depression lifts. We need to speak to our souls. We need to lead our hearts. We need to have communion and write things down and deal with it. You know, deal with uh, things by the power of Jesus and the power of the cross. We must release forgiveness and we must learn to wait upon the Lord. There's other things like fasting, but these things are the ones I really wanted to, to emphasize this morning. We need to learn how to unburden ourselves. You see, why, why is this so important? I know there's a personal benefit because we protect our internal kingdom, our internal peace. There is a personal benefit. However, it goes far beyond our own personal benefit because if I am burdened, I mean nothing to nobody. I can't even work. I'm unproductive. I'm fearful. I don't have faith. I feel overwhelmed. When I am burdened, I'm pretty much useless. Okay? And, and, and the Bible says that the harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. And if, if the laborers are burdened, you know, the laborers are few already, okay? We are few. Now, if we are burdened and heavy laden and weary and we can't even cope in our own work situation, how will we ever have a word to somebody else who is weary? You know, in, in Isaiah 50 verse 4, it says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. But if we do not come to the Lord, if we do not learn from him and apply his word, if we do not unburden ourselves on a regular basis, how will we ever be able to give a word in season to somebody who is weary? We will just need a word for ourselves all the time. We will need prayer. We will need support. We will need a word. We will need a miracle. So we need to actively learn to rest and find rest weekly, daily, so that when there's a call, that when there's a word in season for somebody, that we actually hear it and pick it up. You know, it's, it's just incredible how the devil can neutralize us altogether because he only burdens us. He doesn't need to do much. He just burdens us, and we feel so overwhelmed. You know, if, if we are self-focused, we cannot do what God calls us to do. 
And 2017 is not finished yet. Okay, let me break the news. Some of you must still give your life to Jesus before the end of this year. Some of you must still be filled with the Holy Spirit and receive power to be a witness for God. Some of you must still invite somebody to church. Some of you must still pray for that difficult work colleague of yours and anoint his office and do something. Some of you must still date a girl. Amen? Take her out for coffee. Some of you must still just experience how, how God uses you in such a powerful way. You know, it's not, it's, we, we cannot now dream about the same holidays yet. Okay? I know this is what we want to do. We're tired and we just want to go into the mode of, I'm just going to, I'm not for the rest of this year, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna kind of cope, and 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 hang in there until my December holiday. There's so much that God still wants to do, so much, and He wants to work through you. I mean, it was so amazing. I, I saw Hanley on on Thursday when we prayed at the school, and um, I had a very busy week after the ladies' weekend, and. We just had a quick chat, and I said to him, I'm preaching today, and normally I would try to work myself out of preaching after ladies' weekend because I'm really tired, but I couldn't work myself out of this one. And then she just said to me, but why don't we get together Saturday and pray together? And I thought, wow, how awesome is this? So I went to her. When, when, I, when I arrived there, Hanley's got like four pages of words for me. So between Thursday and Saturday... And she's already given me words, like that Thursday morning. She's already given me words. But now Saturday I arrived there. She's uh, got a little book, and she wrote down pictures. I mean, she's, there's pictures, and there's words, and, there's, and she just releases this over my life. I didn't ask for it, but she is ready, you know. The scripture, God has given her the tongue of the learner that she knows how to speak a word in season to somebody who's weary. And there's many of you. Who knows how to do that? But I just feel God wants to increase that. You know, I, I, look, at, at, I look at somebody like Anli and I think, I can learn from her. This is so amazing, you know. A passion to seek the Lord for a word for one person and to deliver that word, to make sure that that person gets that word. <laughs> but if we are self-focused and burdened, we, we can't do that. I can't do that. I'm just, when I'm burdened, I just think about myself. And I'm really battling to think about anybody else. And this is why we so desperately need to move from that place of feeling burdened to a place of rest, of peace. And God has given us everything to do that. So I want to encourage you. We're going to do an a exercise now. You can take those cards on your chairs. It says, come to me, all you are tired, all you are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you a rest. At the back, there's space to write two things. The one is, I'm letting go of. So I want you to write down just one or two things. Just one or two things that's really much weighing you down at the moment. Just give it to the Lord. Write it down. And then my plan for entering God's rest is the following. Is it to forgive? Is it to wait upon him? Is it to, is it to find a time for your Sabbath rest? Is it to speak to your soul? Is it to speak to God first before you speak to people? What is it? What is your plan?